Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? All right, here we go again. Uh, this is uh, Anything Goes with Darren Frost. Uh, we are coming to you like we do every single week. This is the week of uh, November 21st. Fuck, I wrote it down at the beginning, and I don't know why I wrote it. Uh, You don't need to know what day it is to be cool, Dave. It's it's the the week of November 21st. It's important for Dave. It's important to me. It makes it sound like we're topical. Part of this 12-step program is to know what day it is. (laughs) About being more responsible. Yes. Yes. I should not know what day it is, but that's the day of the The show. I know it's Monday. Uh, We are coming to you like we do every single week here from the XM Studios in Toronto. Uh, Beside me, uh, I have uh, Christina Walkinshaw and Darren Frost. How are you guys? I'm doing very well. Had some shows in Kitchener this weekend, which you host today, which went very well with Kenny Robinson on our, our Rankin Val Dirty Triple X show. Three shows are pretty much sold out. One is a little smaller crowd, but you know, uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, everyone enjoyed themselves. No real problem. So a pretty boring radio uh, discussion about Kitchener. Well, what, okay, no, now they didn't. Uh, the early show on Friday was sold out, yes. and then the late show was about eighteen people, uh, wasn't it? it no, was it was like a, it was like twenty seven. No, twenty seven people, but they were yeah. but they were a, a good five rows away from the stage. Yes, which you think that like even twenty seven people, if they were surrounded the yeah. if they right. surrounded the stage, it would have been so much more. It would have felt like a campfire sort of atmosphere. It would have been so much fucking yeah. better. But they were at this huge distance. It was like. I don't know why, because some reason, like, people like to come into a comedy club and they want to be as far away from the stage as possible. Like, they're scared of I don't care. I mean, Dave's got a real problem with it, and I really don't care anymore, because I just like, hey, I don't care if you're two rows in front of me or six. I'm yelling at you, and I'm looking right at you. But it is fun to have people in the front row, because even though you might not, you might not, you guys think that we want to make fun of you, but sometimes we want to make a connection with you. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Dave wants to make a connection a lot. (laughs) Dave likes to make connections. Or just at least have their uh, chicken wings and nachos closer to me yeah yeah that just makes me hungry i hate that the uh but i don't know it it was just a weird thing to adjust from one show to another right and and i don't know who who i wonder who the comic was that plagued people's minds with the he's gonna make fun of you or is that probably me when i call him comedy comedy tradition (laughs) probably me and you you were in montreal right Yeah, i played the comedy works on bishop in montreal and it was a deluxe time as always i love going to how's jimbo the owner doing is he still dead inside fantastic he's fantastic he's a Amazing. Thank you for my free course. He's light. amazing. I got, I got a free drink. That guy's awesome. awesome. Leaning up against the back bar with glassy, uh, glassy eyed. It was, yeah, it was. It was. Dave's a uh, phone just chirped like a bird. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the laser. It's really awkward. Just... Do you ever notice how like honest um, crowds are in Montreal? Do you guys play there lately? Like, I this, don't play Montreal. This woman came up to uh, me and another comic. I won't say who because I think he's really funny. Sure. Um, it's like a younger dude who lives in Montreal. And uh, she comes up to me. She's like, oh, thank you. You're so funny. She looks at the other guy and she goes, eh, you'll do better the second show. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a kind of a shitty thing But I've say. been on the other side of that. I've been, yeah, on, sure. I've been the one that's gotten the I, shitty I, I compliment, never have. too. I never have, but I feel bad for those that I have. I feel bad for, like, it's like, <laughs> it, what is it? If you have nothing nice to say to the comedian, just fucking don't buy their merchandise and leave. <laughs> just, right. They already feel bad enough about themselves. So, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's awkward to be, it's equally awkward to be the comic that gets the compliment as it is right I, I, comic I, I, that I gets complete, the insult i completely avoided hanging out with darren and kenny uh, yep. while people were leaving yes because i just did not have any uh and then you just went to the bar and got, had more drinks it was no, pretty I funny not. i had I did one not. night saturday night you were pretty fucking intoxicated uh well i was yes. saturday late show i'm not yeah. denying it i'm saying yeah. saturday late show but uh, no, i'm saying it's not a problem but it was yeah. like you did the right thing you just went fuck it i'm not gonna watch these people i'm gonna go get hammered over well, here no, so it's just <laughs> awkward you know just yeah. standing there being the guy that uh you know especially i told people to go and i liked how in between shows you went inside and ate from the people's food that was left over from the plates. That was classic, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, half eat pizza, yeah. half eat pizza, man. Sure You've pulled it in half, put your sure. own ingredients in. Really it's like a brand that? new no, thing. No, he didn't. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> For radio, it sounds good. Yeah. Oh uh, the one thing I want to bring up, because you, uh, we were talking about this before, is uh, defending on Facebook, because you had a little situation this week, Dave. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, well, I, have a, I have a show coming up at the Dominion Queen. If you're in the uh, Toronto area on uh, November 24th, uh, there's a show at the Dominion uh, to benefit the Toronto Humane Society. Uh, Lori Elliott, uh, Matt O'Brien, Christina Walkinshaw is going to be there. That's me. 
uh, Mark Little and Darren Rose and a, and a bunch of other comics. And uh, pack show, good it's show. A, it's a pack show. It's yeah. going to be a great night. And uh, yeah, I try to figure out how to, the Facebook uh, event. You still thing. have not figured Although, out Facebook. You, you here's you, what you, I will say, and I wish I actually kept this on my phone, but. Did you did you have some sort of like mishap with Facebook? Because I swear to God, I got like twelve yeah, notifications. Yeah, that's from why you. people got pissed at Dave. I think that's and why you got defriended because it was like Dave Martin has posted. Dave Martin has posted. It was just there was like twelve. Well, no, because I, I tried from... to upload photos and videos to show all the people off that were on the show, right? And then. Uh, and I couldn't do it until then I, I published it and then I started posting shit. And so then every time I posted something after it was the event was published, people would get reminders. Now, that's that's yeah, annoying see, on one level. I know, I know, I see it. I fucking Dave get Martin, it. Dave Martin, <laughs> Dave Martin, Dave yeah, Martin, Dave Martin. I got, I got 14. I'm counting. I'm up to 14 now. <laughs> yeah, I think you accidentally sent people like over a dozen notifications. Well, they were all accidents. Show. It was no big... You know what? We're all I, accidents, Dave. Dave trust me. And his accidents. We are all accidents, <laughs> not just on Facebook. But that, that that the noise that my phone just made. It's one thing to get uh, fucking invites to your Facebook, but I just got an invite to a show on my phone, which I find even more annoying. Wow. Uh, you know, some. Well, I've I've been defriended on Facebook. It's not a big deal. If they want to defriend me, good, good riddance. I don't. Care. I haven't even noticed if anybody did it to me because yeah, I'm know. not really stalking anybody on Facebook. I'm just. But what what is it for if not connecting with people? And if you can't handle the social... How do you guys know that you got defriended? Well, okay, if you can't handle the social part of social media, then, you know, then fucking... Yeah, Yeah, but 12 messages, Dave, is a bit much. Okay, first of all, they're not all on purpose. But you know how many (laughs) messages I've gotten for Pat Thornton's uh, 24 Hours of Jokes? Sure. The thing that he's doing uh, in the coming weeks? Yeah. a lot, and I just ignore them. How hard is it to ignore Fuck it, something? I defriended them. Did you really? No, but it sounds good. <laughs> How do I know I got defriended? Uh, well, once was an argument with uh, one particular comedian that I won't bother bringing her, uh, her, her name, name up. Her name up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who actually tweeted badly about the show because she couldn't come on. And then she took it down. Right. Uh, yeah. like of course she did. Like a pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then like... the other two people uh, that defriended me were because uh, they were complaining about the show that I'm trying to advertise, and then I said to them, oh, well, listen, if you want where you say yes or whether or not you're going to go to a show or not, there's an option to click on and then you never have to get an invite from me again. And then wow. two of those people, you know, messaged me back going, well, where's that button? And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to fucking walk you through it like a little uh, child. If you don't want to go to my shit, you figure out how not to get invited. Um, speaking of shows, for our show, I want to, and I've discussed this with Darren and Dave, yes, but yes. Yeah, I have this, it with me, actually, okay, but... I have this theory that, uh, when you're drinking, I feel like your third drink okay. is your yes. best yes. drink. Okay, yes. that is the drink that you have where you're not hammered, right? Because once you get into four and five, you know it's getting sloppy. Right. But you're past one and two, so you're not very right. shy. So I want to have one episode of this show. We're going to do yes. it. That's going to be called Three Drinks In. Yes. And now, first we're of all, all going to be on our let's third Let's be drink. honest, right off the top, my first reaction to that is you have a drinking problem. Obviously. When you want to just start bringing booze to work. And well, the one know. area of your work that you're not allowed to bring. <laughs> Every other facet of I your work, you're around I went four days last booze. week without drinking. You know, four yeah, days. Four That's days. a lot for me. You know four never, days off drinking. You know what never came, caught on, and I really tried to have a big campaign for it, was uh, uh, Bring Booze to Work Day. Oh and that was the day, the day before Bring Your Children to Work, exactly. it should be Bring Booze, yeah. yeah. Or the yeah. day after, or both. Combine both combine days. Combine both days. Especially Get hammered around your kids at work day. Operating heavy Feel machinery. free to write into the show, you guys, and tell me yes. how excited you are to Three hear. Three drinks in, yeah. If we're all a little even Darren, yep. even Darren yes. has to have a few Three beverages. shots. We'll all take the bus here. <laughs> yeah, which will I then can... turn into the bigger bus because <laughs> we'll be fucking so hammered. And we have to find the right guests that would yep. be like a good and, guest. And are we going to drink while in. the show is on? We're not or allowed to drink in the studio. Well, you know. That's how you can uh, tell I'm sober on let's the see, radio. Let's see if they or catch somewhat. us. You know, I like, know, right? They're going to strip search us? Well, well, you have an extra spot to f- hide some stuff in for us. So. I know, I do. That's true. But the, but the thing, okay, if if, the, if there's usually three segments to the show, and if we each do a shot per segment, then only by the third segment we're going to be enjoying no, no, ourselves. No, no, the show we start with three drinks in, drink. and then in between each segment we have to do a oh, shot. Okay, Whoa, I agree with that. Yeah. By the end of the show, Seven we'll show shots. how sloppy you can really get. Yeah. Yeah. That would be By good. By the end of the, I'm telling everyone to go fuck themselves, including people, <laughs> including people I'm not supposed to. You do that when you're sober, Darren. Yeah, but there are people yeah. I know not to on the air. Yeah. I'm not stupid. <laughs> but when I'm drunk, I can just go, oh, I'm sorry, I was drunk. Is that a good yeah. enough excuse anymore? No. What, really? to be drunk? No, no I think we no. all know how to be drunk. So if you're a dick when you're drunk, you're just a yeah. dick. 
That's it's why your I don't drink. true colors coming out. That's why I don't drink. I told you that story about the three elephants in India that that found the. Oh 18, no! Yeah, no. Do you have to tell it? Yeah. There was like a three uh, three elephants in India. Maybe this was like about a week ago. Uh, they found like eighteen barrels of this specific whiskey that's made in India, and the ele- three elephants drank it, and then they went on a rampage, yeah. and they destroyed like three houses. Oh, they destroyed the uh, storage area where the whiskey was, and then they uh, trampled like three houses, and they wrecked a bunch of other. Th- they injured a few people, and then uh, I think. I think no one was seriously hurt, but I mean the 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 police said that uh, the elephants acted a lot like uh, people when they're drunk because they were uh, <laughs> ag- aggressive, uh, belligerent, and they uh, did not uh, obey uh, to uh, suggestions very well. Yeah, and but, pissed uh, outdoors. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I just thought, man, how hard is it to get like a guy to leave your party after he's had too much to drink? Let alone a, an yeah. elephant. elephant. Yeah. When and, Dave uh, Martin's not at home watching porn, he likes yeah. to Google elephants. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know they get so hammered at the end of trying to find fucking pizza and someone's tit to grab is that the elephants you know just well i don't think i ever i don't think i really watch porn i just sort of observe it until i until i'm not needed anymore really (laughs) watch implies like i'm sitting down i'm having a snack or something dave come on you've got a room almost like the fucking plastic bubble john travolta that you watch your porn in it's like a dex it's like a dexter kill (laughs) room that's the new reference (laughs) the dexter kill room is now the boy in the plastic bubble reference i hope so i hope so too uh okay we're gonna go to a break when we come back tell us who we have on the show okay all right Hey, when we come back from the break, we'll be interviewing Jarrett Kale from Pure Ownage, a web-based and showcase television TV show, and we'll also be talking about video games. So, hey, let's get our nerd on. That's right. This is Anything Goes. Stay tuned. This is Jason John Whitehead, and you're listening to Anything Goes on XM Laugh Attack. Still waiting for the bestiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. All right, welcome back to the show. This is Anything Goes for the week of November 21st. And uh, join us in the studio this week, our guest uh, from the show Pure Ownage, Jared Kale is with us this week. Hey, Jared, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we, uh, I've known you for a little period of time. I remember I came in for the, um, the showcase uh, show when you had the show on showcase for the uh, audition. But I knew about the show before that. So tell everyone about what Pure Ownage is um, so they get a little bit of an idea. Uh, it was the the first web series, so this is way back in 2004, before YouTube or any sort of streaming media. Right. Uh, my friend Jeff LaPere and I, we uh, borrowed a camera and shot some footage about uh, a fake gamer, sort of a mockumentary, and we put it online, and uh, it went viral. Uh, in the true sense, it sort of started growing out of control, and um, I quit my job, and he quit school, and we started doing it full-time, and we did that. It's and, been... and is it true? I read when I read up on some of the stuff on the show. Did you guys really just kind of do this because you wanted to figure out editing with this camera? Like there was this little story that I read online that you guys had gotten a camera. You just wanted to kind of figure out things. So you just hey, let's do this and see what happens. Well, we were going to make something else totally different. Right. And we didn't know how to edit, so I came over and you know he said just just do something, improvise something. And I was doing stand up at the time. I thought it was funny, so I'm like, okay, I'll get in front of the camera and I'll. And I just improvised a bunch of stuff, and he was going to just use that test footage to get used to the editing software, but the test footage turned out to actually be kind of funny. Right. So we put that online, and one thing led to the next, and uh, that was the show we were making. And you did 18 episodes? There was 18 episodes on the web and then eight on TV. And, uh, I mean, and you guys had, like, what, it was up to three million views per episode before you went on Showcase, right? Yeah, the web show was really big, because it's international, right? It's right. On, it's on the internet. There's no regions blocking anyone, so anyone could watch it, so all the English speak, all the kids that could speak English around the world in their, in their suburban basements playing video games was pretty much our audience. And it got, it got really big. Yeah, we get about three million downloads a month on our, on our episodes. Almost, a, like, a half million the first night, usually, like, the, wow. the, what was, the what, super hardcores. Sorry, what was, the, what was the premise of the show from beginning to end? It was like, it, it, it's, can you tell me the premise of the show yeah was... it's um it was the story of the greatest gamer in the world okay the greatest video game player of all time very king of yeah, kong of all time um of course who's not appreciated by anyone particularly his family right, right. um and the story is told through the, the lens of his his younger brother who's a film student right so kyle his younger brother is in film school and he's doing a documentary for a class project on his brother jeremy who he thinks is pretty funny and special because of his culture 
Oh, okay, sorry. That's it. Okay, that, that, that's <laughs> big, I, I was I, I was waiting for a, a big kaboom. So it was like it, that. That is the premise yeah, of the show. It, it was it just fall, a, a, yeah. like a, a documentary on that one guy. Yeah, and then, and, okay. and, and then we and then we grew the universe. You know, as the show kept growing, yeah, we, we started right. bringing in new characters okay. because you know we have to. And yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that's very interesting because you, you you wouldn't have thought you like when you first sat down to do it, we'll just do this little you know short video, edit it, and then all of a sudden because of the success, you then had to add layers to it, like bring in people, bring in characters, and the universe had to grow. And how was that from a situation of you guys just kind of, hey, let's do this for a lark? It was, uh, it was unexpected. It was, right. it was a pretty trippy experience, actually, because normally when you'd go into something, you're like, you know, here's my master plan, here's the characters, here's my story arcs, and then you start making something. Right. But this was, let's fuck around on camera, see what happens. And then it started happening, and so we're like, shit, you know, I, I think we better you know, come up with some stories and bring in other characters and expand this concept. So it actually grew really organically instead of being totally you know, designed ahead of time. Right. And we just sort of rolled with what the audience was liking and what they weren't liking and did what we could to, you know, what we thought would grow the audience and get more people into the show. And were you able to, like, when you, like, say, like, at episode six or seven, you probably had a forum up by then, or you at least got some feedback from fans, were you very much watching that, listening to that, and let the show go with that, or were you kind of, like, just in your own bubble doing it the way you guys wanted to do it? No, I, I, t I lurked those forums, like, I... <laughs> I've spent way too much time on the forums. We would put the episode out, and you know, I'd be seating it from my dorm room, and then uh, you know, a few hours later, there'd be you know, 20 pages of comments of people that are already on the forums talking about the episode, what they liked and didn't like, and there's a lot of valuable info there to mine from, sure. from your hardcore audience. But at the same time, I also learned that a lot of them don't really know what, what's good or bad or what they want, I think. Like, they think they know what they want, but then right. a lot of the ideas, I'm like, you know, if I did that, I don't know if you'd really like it so much. Well, so that, you kind of have to stick with your gut a bit. I know. It, well, it, it must be hard because sort of you, you do anything uh, nowadays, and if it's on if it's online, you almost get this sort of like uh, an uh, an unwelcomed focus group of all yeah. these people trying mm -hmm. to contribute That's to your true. shit. And you're just sort of like, well, come on, guys. I'm the guy that started it. I might know where the best direction to take this show in. Yeah, exactly. And we had such humble beginnings. You know, we're not big producers or writers, so... And they really felt a part of it, and they felt almost entitled to shape the show. They're like, listen, we told you guys after episode seven we wanted to go this direction, and you guys didn't take us there. <laughs> right. And we're fucking pissed off now, because I bought a T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> I spent my <laughs> it, was, it was really interesting, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it, it grew from there to obviously the next step would be television, and you guys had a show on Showcase, and you had a season. And what, you know, things always change when you go up a level or you change from the net to TV or vice versa. And what was the biggest change for you going from, you know, the humble beginnings of that to then the land of TV and the whole framework and landscape of television? Oh, God. Well, it was completely different. Right. Um, I would think the biggest change emotionally for me, the most devastating thing was losing full creative control which is you know before i could have taken out my dick on camera and put that in an episode and who's going to sure. say anything it's the fucking internet right uh now all of a sudden we're on tv so you know not only are we cutting each episode 22 minutes to the frame but we've got you know we've only got two fucks per episode three shits a cunt a season <laughs> you know like the, you know we've got a quota literally a quota i think, for I, I think one cunt a season is a good for quota yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i have to fight hard for the cunt man we you didn't, should. didn't you even should. end up using it we should you always should. fight hard for you the should cunt. Have, yes. have to fight hard no like Thanks, and because you get this focus Group and for, now, did anyone ever say, "Hey, how come I haven't seen your dick yet on on, on the show?" <laughs> or how many? I want to see more shits. Did that never? You never took that. In. No, no, we didn't, and not too many suggestions. And in fact, a couple times when we would get a little edgier, maybe some swearing or some like sexualish content, like "Oh my god, a kiss." Some people there would actually be some negative feedback going, "Guys, we don't watch that show for this, man. I want some gaming." Well, oh, yeah, but yeah. but you have to think. I mean, did you think about like the sort of the demographic and the people who are watching the show, and you try to write it for them, or? Uh, uh yeah, we just kept writing what we wanted to and what was working, what we thought was funny to begin with. And we right. But uh, totally we had our eye on that because, you know, we would, well, now you get easy demographics or YouTube or whatever. Analytics is super easy. But back then we had, we put up a little survey on our on our website one day and said, you know, what age are you and who, who the fuck is watching this? <laughs> and, are uh, you it, at home? Are you uh, alone, home yeah, alone it right was, now? Uh, it was 98% male. Oh, okay. Uh, well, between, yeah. between 16 and 24. Which is actually a golden demographic. Yes, for, for advertising like, it is. You know, yes. it's, it's actually they almost didn't believe us at Showcase when we told them that because they're like, no, no, those kids don't watch TV. And I'm like, yeah, I know they don't. No, no, for the internet. Uh, no, for yeah. people who are in the states right now, Showcase is sort of like a kind of like a Bravo, Bravo sort of channel. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, like trying to make themselves out to be a little artsy fartsy and stuff, but uh, uh, they do have a lot of uh, uh, good programming on it. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the thing <clears> is, it wasn't up here. It, yes, it's an artsy fartsy channel, but the, the you know the bigger shows on that are like the Trailer Park Boys, which is not an artsy. No. Fartsy show. It's more of a drinking, boozing kind of party type show. 
So what you're saying is if I'm going to pitch a show to a network, it should be Showcase? Yeah. Or, yeah, hey, you know, it's it's possible. But I think I like the, the they've moved stuff. in a different direction now. I, yes. I think they're, they're mostly or exclusively hour-long dramas. No more comedies. Um, and, and they're not quite as edgy. It's more about importing the stuff that works from the U.S. and making how, money now, you know? How come uh, How come video games as, as a culture have never really crossed over in, into uh, into the into, into the female world? It's like, you don't... I'm were... not going to lie. I'll be the first one to tell you, like, the only game I know how to play is Tetris. And I know. It's I thought like... you were going to say Miss Pac-Man would be the cliche. No. no I, I like Miss Tetris. I like... No, I know, but that was a very female... Females but, loved Miss Pac-Man. I, I, I like Tetris, but after a while I get sick of it. But yeah, I'm not into, like, I never play... Like storyline video games, I, I don't, yeah, I don't but know. That, that's going away now. I mean, we went to Comic Con, and there was a lot of women there with a lot of like video game shirts, and they were I know chicks all going that are crazy. Super into video yeah. games for sure. Yeah, that I think that's changing but, big time. I also love the love the Comic Con when people can sort of meet up there, and uh, you know, and, and they can like a. Uh, well, wait, there was the speed dating thing that we went to at Comic-Con, which I thought was uh, humorous. Yeah, that wasn't all dudes, was it? Or with Dave Lyon? No, no, no. The, the, oh, Christina wasn't there. Was Alice, I didn't go to that. Alice, right. Allison Dorr with me, went with yeah. me to that. And I I always think that it's great when I can see a, a young lady and a, a young man hooking up at Comic-Con. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's better they, that they meet there and they can uh, yeah. spring off some uh, wonderful love story rather than like reloading in some movie theater in Denver or something like that. I think that's the way I, I would it rather is. see them. Spo- uh, you know, yeah. That's, that's where I want to see them. Buy the little spocky and have a little baby. Exactly. You know, exactly. Cos- uh, you know, cosplay, man. You know, that's when they people dress up in character or yes. costumes. That's some hot shit. Like, uh, I love Comic-Con. I love going to yeah, Comic-Con. Yeah, you guys had a booth in Comic-Con, right? All day. For the last couple of years, you've had a booth there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you were saying before off-air, it's a very successful thing for you guys, mm-hmm. getting the word out and the fans being able to see it and... Well, and then, but also the uh, the like the World of Warcraft though has taken video games off into its own direction too. Sure. Because uh, I I mean I can I come from a, like an old school you know put a couple quarters in and uh, you know playing Karate Champ and Elevator Action back in the eighties and stuff. Nice. But um, what uh, when it comes to uh, g- gaming right now, what do you would and Darren, what what do you uh, what's at the top of your list? League of Legends is the game I play okay. these days. And what's that? I don't know. It's a PC game. It's actually uh, the most played video game on planet Earth right now, I think. Although maybe maybe Halo top. Well, Darren was telling me some crazy shit about Halo 4. Halo 4 was released and in one day made $220 million in one day. And they think it's estimated over the week it's going to be $300 million, which will be a record. And, uh, you know, uh, I think two years ago they announced that the video game industry has now surpassed the movie industry. And now, I mean, it's not even possible to touch those kinds of numbers. $300 million in one week? No way. Is that just because you can't bootleg a uh, a video game the way that you can bootleg uh, movies? But you can, and stuff? you can still bootleg. But I think people see a certain value more in video games and owning the game than they do with just getting a bootleg movie. Right. And there's some features it are easier to control. It's like the multiplayer stuff. If you want to be officially ranked and stuff and go online, oh, and yeah, have, right. Then that stuff you'll need to buy. So that forces a lot of players. Uh, the, the new business model, like League of Legends uses, it's actually free to play. So you can't steal it. You just, if you want to play, you go play it right now. And all they do is they sell costumes. So after you play a while and you're like, well, I'm kind of sick of looking at my guy. He looks the same all the time. I'll, I'll, I want to dress him up like a clown. <laughs> well, for eight bucks, I can do that. <laughs> wow, and, that's and, an interesting model. And everyone starts playing this game saying, there's no fucking way I am ever spending money on a costume. <laughs> for right. my character. This game is free. It's fun. I'm going to keep playing it. But, you know, a year later, I've spent $60 on stupid costumes for this game. Some people spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And they make, I think they made like $300 million last year or something. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the tie-ins are huge. I mean, my kids have a, an old school Wii and Skylanders, the game itself was only $50, but all the little toys for it are $10 a pop and they have 10 of them. So we spent really $150 into a game, whereas in a movie, the most you're ever going to spend is 20 bucks. I feel too guilty uh, playing video games on my computer at home. Why? I, I feel that there's more productive ways to waste money. <laughs> well, really? Not, really? Not, not, Dave? not waste money. Uh, Dave, really? Yeah, there's you? better ways for me to uh, waste my time, like yes. uh, like Facebook and uh, and, and getting, and like getting defriended. Yeah. I, I honestly know so little about video games. When I first moved to Toronto, I was staying with my friend and her boyfriend, and I was like couch surfing, right? So sometimes in the middle of the night, her boyfriend would get up, and I'd be like, hey, what's going on? And he'd be like, oh, just getting up to kill some Nazis. And I like honestly thought that was like his code for like going number two, like <laughs> in the bathroom. I didn't find out till like 
three weeks later that I guess that was like a term like he was going to play a video game every right. night and he was seriously killing Nazis in this video game but for like weeks I just thought he had like really bad bowels <laughs> and horrible <laughs> diarrhea I did that's honestly and I was like must be his I, coat I, for that I remember I doing know. a western tour and meeting this girl complaining she's very pretty and uh, she was getting drunk and all she was doing is bitching how her boyfriend won't fuck her he just plays World of Warcraft all day long and that's why she's out with her friends. <laughs> he won't fuck me. All he does is play that damn video game. And I'm like, man, Did you, this is a different generation. You knew what World of Warcraft was, right? Yeah, of course oh, I okay. did. Yeah, right. yeah, I knew. And I'm like, you know, I was into video games when I was 12 to 14. But I'll tell you right now, if there's a girl who's like, no, you can put that inside me, the fucking Atari 2600 goes away. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so you you haven't played World of Warcraft, my friend. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I, I need to. Maybe that's what I need. <laughs> no, do you guys? All right. Do not. Do you guys remember that video game? I don't know why I'm thinking of this, probably because I'm a big, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but when I was a younger kid, there was this, like, edgy video game that, uh, like, a lot of people discovered. But it was, like, kind of, well, for my generation, for uh, that year, it was kind of uh, risque. It was called, like, uh, Adventures in Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, Do you yeah, that yeah. Guy? yeah, of course, yeah. And he went around game. and he yeah. went to, like, strip clubs yes. and just perverted things. Yeah. That video game was kind of fun. You know, yeah, you can do that in real life, and it's a lot more rewarding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go to alleyways on your own. You don't need a video game for that. You know, he's uh, he's making another one. He came back. He's, oh, really? He's, uh, he's, is he? Yeah, he kicks, I he kick started it. Yeah, yes. he he, he, crowd, he crowd he crowdsourced the funding, and I think he got half a million bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, or maybe that, more. Yeah, I don't think we were even supposed to play that game when we were younger, but it was really funny. It was kinky, and you know. Now, one of the, one of the things uh, we were talking about before the show, and you're going to go to Singapore in a few weeks, or is it next week? You're going to Singapore yep. for a video game conference, or what? What exactly is it? It's a uh, it's a tournament. It's okay. um it's called the Intel Extreme Masters Tournament, and uh, it's an e-sports event, which is short for electronic sports, which is the, sort of this new thing that's exploded in the last few years. It kind of came out of Korea, and now it's worked its way across the world. Um, and there's a couple of really big games. StarCraft II and League of Legends are played competitively. So these people are sponsored. They're on teams. They have coaches. They have fangirls. Um, I mean, it's it's the it's the full deal. Like these guys are. are like are the celebrities. Olympics. It sounds like the Olympics of video games. It, it is, and you know what? And they, they show these events, and you can watch it for free online. The, the the League of Legends World Championship was just a few weeks ago in L.A., and I was lucky enough to, to be able to go down and uh, you know watch by over eight million people. What? Um, the, the winning eight team. Eight million. Eight million TV included. There was one point two million streams online, and then oh another. Oh my god. And uh, the winning team took home a million dollars. The Taipei Assassins from Taiwan. It was a Taiwan versus Korea final being watched in L.A. by. Eight million people. It was uh, it was really cool, really cool. So th oh. it's, this is a similar kind of thing. Going there, I'm just hosting it and uh, talking about esports. Now, is there is there drug testing at these events, or is it okay if they're high? <laughs> you know, can they uh, be high? There isn't, but there's a lot of press uh, pressure from the community to institute some drug testing because of uh, Adderall and Ritalin abuse and stuff like right. that. I can yeah. see. Now, now you're not yeah. now you're not shitting us. That's like, I'm not. I'm not deal. shitting you. Okay. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a really serious deal. Yeah, because yeah. I, I could see how like a uh, you know like Red Bulls and like you know sure. uh, uh, Ritalin could help you focus, maybe even be better. But uh, now can people make money doing this cuz i'm surprised that there isn't sort of this sort of even, even semi underground league of like uh people paying playing competitive like games like but well club. kind of yeah. but i mean i know that you know you're you're fucking around when you say no but i'm saying but like really something yeah like underground fight yeah fight club is a joke but i know what you're saying yeah but because there's no way to rig a game it's yeah. like you know it, there's no real way to cheat on it and i mean if you wanted to cheat you'd have to like go in and put codes in that but if someone's watching you yeah. you can't really a whole stadium of people yeah but a whole stadium of people then there's it's, it's it's a pretty sort of a, a fair and balanced uh, competition. Absolutely, man. It's intense. You, you should uh, go YouTube some clips of, like, oh, I'm gonna. of NADA and, 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 you know, look up Brood War or StarCraft. Or, and, and, and they have cameras in these guys' hands. And, and some of these guys, they're, they're, they're inputting 400 actions per minute. Right. So over six actions per second. Wow. And their hands are a blur. And it's you have to have a good understanding for the game to really appreciate how talented these guys are. Like they are really special humans that can do this stuff. Like it's it's about as hard to become a pro StarCraft player as it probably is to become a pro. I don't know badminton player, some I other obscure sport. About, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I you know well, there's arguments about oh well, it builds up your hand-eye coordination, but I, I don't. I think being a real genuine athlete is but it's, a it's, See, bit... it's a mental thing. It's a real-time strategy game. So what you're doing is you're managing a base, and you're managing multiple right. fronts and huge wars, and you're literally managing hundreds of units, and you're trying to keep it all in your head at the same time. It's a lot so of they've, math. They've been doing research on this, and they're actually using StarCraft now to treat like Alzheimer's paces, patients and el the elderly because keep it, your mind active. it stimulates so much brain yep. activity yeah. that uh, it rejuvenates you. Oh. Yeah. What the fuck does badminton do? It's... Fuck all. <laughs> Oh, you, you break really? a sweat. You break a sweat. That's mate. true. Not when I play it. Well, I break a sweat playing League of Legends, man. <laughs> <laughs>
No, it's just the the, the fact that I I don't know. I just uh, well, you were saying that uh, no one's going to get like the character in your in your show. He never got a lot of respect, and is is now being a, a, a an awesome game player. A, a, a Thing that people respect. Or it is. Will and it ever one day? In certain be? parts of the world, you're saying for sure, right? Absolutely. In Korea, you are a celebrity. It's getting really big yeah. in China. And, and if you go into the right, you know, crowds, it's pretty big in Europe and North America as well. Um, like the event in LA was crazy. It was now, crazy. You've seen King of Kong. Yes, I have. Absolutely. Right. In fact, Billy Mitchell, um, the, the, the yeah, sort of, of course. The, yep. he was in the, the show, Pironich. He was in the, the, the season finale, so I got to meet him and hang out with him. Now, has, now the guy that actually, sorry, Darren, you go. Well, no, I just I always want to let people know if they're just listening or tuning in, this is Anything Goes, we're talking to Jared Kale about uh, video games and other things. And the one thing I did want to ask you is before this show, uh, that were you actually a video game guy or did you become more now one post all this? I've become less one because of my time is right. no, no longer what it was in university and well, before. Right, yeah. um, no, I, I was a hardcore gamer. I got my Atari 2600 when I was about five, and uh, and I just grew up playing video games. It was I think I was kind of from that first generation. You know, I'm in my 30s now, and yep. we got the Atari, and and um, so it was the books of my my childhood, right? Were video games. Yeah, I I, I got an Atari 2600 too when I was a kid. But I think uh, in many ways, uh, video games sort of crossed over once. That the once the first generation of video game players started to make the games, that's when I think it really started to get good. Just in the same way that like a lot of the comic book movies now are being uh, written and directed oh, yeah, by people that right. start like that love those comic books. that love those comic books. Because I remember seeing like the Spider Man and the Captain Americas when I was a kid growing up, and they were awful. And yeah. thinking like, wow, this this these could be so much better. And then it started. You knew Sam Raimi was a fan of of the comic books when he was growing sure. up. And so then when you put the, you know, the direct when he's sitting in the director chair and that's when it really starts becoming something a little bit more shocked. Plus, you know, the business is so much bigger now and the world is so tied with the internet and communication and the ability for people to tell you what sucks and doesn't suck. You know, those focus groups aren't as important as probably the internet feedback. Right. Do you uh, <laughs> There was that movie, did you ever see that movie Joysticks? It was like a really oh, yeah. shitty, it <laughs> sure. was a shitty, shitty uh, 80s comedy about the video game arcade and it was going to get shut down and then they had, of course, they had to raise money and then my, my favorite part was uh, there was the old crotchety banker, and then he comes into the arcade. He's like, what sort of place is this? And then the kid gets him to stand in front of the video game, and he's like, well, sir, what you got to do is you got to shoot these little aliens. And then, of course, the banker, he goes, oh, my God, these games are amazing. And then he fucking writes some check and saves the video game arcade. <laughs> oh, the banks but always was, save was, the it, day. Well, it's the, well, I don't know. Sounds like a cheap version of Tron. Well, not Tron, but it was that classic sort of, oh, we got to yeah. save the ski school. And yeah. then the guy realizes how much fun skiing can be. But uh, video game, but... <laughs> But like, is are we out of the golden age of video games now, and we're into the mainstream of now they're just a part of everything? I, I yeah, I, th I think they're in the mainstream now. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that if you're in school now, like in junior high, high school, or whatever, you know, it's not like you're a big fucking loser because you played video games. People, yes, people aren't like right. making funny. When I went to school, you, you kind of hid that shit. You didn't really talk about it. And now, you know, maybe even at our age, still, you don't really go to the club and start talking about the fact you're playing video games. But uh, with this generation, man, yeah, I mean, it's just like watching movies or listening to music. It's just a, it's it's an it's a solidified medium. I mean, it's so big. I mean, I know someone right now is trying to get him on the show. He's doing a documentary on Dragon's Lair, uh, the iconic video game. And oh, I mean, yeah. you know, 15, 20 years ago, nobody would ever think about funding a, a documentary about that game, thinking it was that big or that much of a cultural moment. But that's how big the industry is now. That's something even like King of Kong. Although that was a different scenario. You know, I don't think you had to even like video games because it was such a classic tale. I mean, it added a different depth to it if you did, but it's still a great movie. Now, the guy that eventually got the high score in King of Kong, Steve Wiebe, mm -hmm. is, where is he? Do you know where he is now? Is he just a lost into... No, he was a teacher before, and I think he's still a teacher now. He's like a science teacher. But he hasn't, tr he hasn't tried to ride the King, uh, Donkey Kong no. wave? No, well, you know what? A after the movie, he took the record back, and then after that... Billy took it back again, and then since that, there's a guy in New York, a surgeon named, I think, Hank Chen. Yeah. Um, and he's just killed it, like killed it. Mul he keeps beating his own record, and he's sort of run away with it, and I don't think anyone's ever going to top this guy now. So there's actually a new guy wow. that's the... Yeah, man, I think he's in third now, poor Steve Wiebe. Oh, uh, well, I mean, the power of the mullet, though, with... Uh... Dude, <laughs> that guy was a character. That was oh, a yeah. sweet fucking mullet. There was no acting yeah. in that film. No, before, yeah. uh, oh, Darren, Darren's got some, but before, but that just goes to show the power of, like, a personality over your skill. It's like there's so many famous baseball players that are just known for but their personality and their character. Yep. And Billy Mitchell has that. 
Absolutely. And so I don't know who this uh, chin guy is that uh, has got the genuine top score. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'll be a movie no, about him. He ain't Fuck no Billy dude. Mitchell with those. Did you see his <laughs> yeah. wife in that documentary, too? He's not oh my sh- God. shit in a bottle that's extra spicy and exactly. selling that he shit. <laughs> he ain't got no hot sauce. That's right. Um, I do want to bring up this uh, because now you did the Indiegogo route uh, mm-hmm. with trying to raise some uh, money to try to do a feature film for mm-hmm. Pure Ownage. So just explain how that whole thing worked out. Uh, well, it ends... It'll it'll be over by the time that this airs. Right. Um, so we've been going. It's been a sixty day campaign. And so if you're not familiar with Indiegogo, it's called crowdsourced financing. So you go to the internet and you're like, here's my idea, and then you offer different tiers of pledges, and they can give you money. And it's almost like pre-ordering. You can be like, oh, for fifty bucks, when the movie comes out, you get a DVD and a signed something. And sure. You, and you give them all these options to spend stuff. And basically, you know, it's, it's it, I think it's the future of, of funding a lot of Absolutely. media. Yeah, I agree. Is that. that you go straight to the audience first, and then you cut out the money man, the yep. big the big hand that was taking all your equity. And your creative control before is now out of the picture, so it's and not it's only amazing. that, and not only that, but create um, just creative control in terms of all you have to do is deliver a final thing. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or whatever. Hopefully, it's going to be good. But in terms of what you want to do now, you can do with it however you see fit. You're not answering to anyone else. You're able to do it. And this is the future because many bands now are doing I mean, the Headstones are going to be coming on in December, and they just did it through Pledge Music where their uh, album, they raised double what they wanted, so they're going to be doing a new album. I think this is the future. People, and especially for you because your market is so worldwide, you can't rely just on Canada. Yeah, exactly. Canada was like 17% of our audience or something. Right. So we're you know we're ignoring over four-fifths of our audience when we're making a TV show, only making it for Canadians and, and that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm excited to be back on the internet. I'm excited or to be back out in the globe, I should say, and, and I'm, I'm excited that I, if I want to, I can put my dick on camera again. And no one can say <laughs> <laughs> well, and you don't have to fight for the cunt. No. Well, <laughs> that's kind of like, so because I know like uh, Christina's often told me about like, uh, like, like books and other projects that she's working on, or if I have like a book that I want to get funded, like, could this be a sort of route that, like, like her and I could sort of take of just, like, if we want to get something published or even just get the money uh, that we that we need. Sure. So we don't have to go to a publisher. We can just use the similar route that you have. You totally can, man. Totally. Um, and now, if you don't have a pre-existing audience, you have to be a little mo- bit more elaborate with your pitch. Right. You know, you probably have to actually start generating some material and showing what it's going to be like. For us, it was a lot easier because we're like, well, shit, here's, you know, four hours of pure You know what you're going to get, kind of. And then we're going to make a movie like that. Right. So it's a lot easier for us. Um, but if you're brand new coming out of nowhere, you can still totally do it. You just need to make a r- really compelling pitch. Now, this isn't something that someone's going to be like, oh, well, I'll fund this because this guy has this many Twitter followers or anything like that. you got to have more proof. Of- it's, it's usually if they like you. Yeah, I okay. Think, yep. All right. Yep. Well. And do you think that, you know, if, if do you see you doing more projects with this way or do you think you'll probably dip back into tv if you get if you get if someone came to you and said we want you to do tv again but maybe a different project would you be wanting to do that uh it would really depend on the project and my involvement i think if i were to go back to tv because you know it's it can be good money and it's it's a pretty exciting lifestyle i guess sure, yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's pretty neat um i'd actually want to do it in, in less of a uh you know central capacity like it, making the tv show and i was a writer i was writing it and was producing it and and acting in it and it was so many roles and yeah. it was too many sleepless nights and it was just too much stress and and then you know even worrying about all the notes and the scripts you know if someone wanted to hire me just to do something and just shut up and go to sleep you know at night and just fuck off when the day's over yeah yeah i'd probably take that job well hey man you're in your 30s when you're 25 27 you don't mind having a couple of sleepless nights but you know eventually it starts to you know add up yeah exactly but i, I really do appreciate the freedom of just you know doing my own thing on the internet i like the, the wild west of the internet it's way more appealing for my for me personally yeah. all right so if people want to get a hold of you where do they go if uh and, and even if the so the indiegogo thing will be closed by the time this airs yep. but if they want to go to the website where do they go you can go to Jarrett.com, and I've sort of centralized my stuff there. So just my first name, which is J-A-R-E-T-T. Oh, I was wondering. If th- I thought you might get into a battle with the subway guy. <laughs> no, I've got two T's in mind. But, yeah, you can go to Jarrett.com, and then it's all there. And Does can... the subway guy have a, his own site? Sure. I don't know, man. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, well, drop the T and get can, a good sandwich. That's what you, happens. How can you forget about Jared? But <laughs> yeah. You'd think that that would just... No, it's a Jared, not Jared. Jared. Yeah, that's He's wow. Jared, not Jared. But you figure that Google would be like, do you mean Jared? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess it all depends. Do you want your $3 sub? Fucking <laughs> 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 who doesn't? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. really appreciate it, Jared. Man, thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. All right. Thanks. thanks. Proving once again cats are smarter than humans, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.
Hey, this is Glenn Foster, ThatCanadianGuy.com. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack XM Radio. Better than crack whores. They never stay the whole hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, everybody. We're back. This is Anything Goes for the week of November 21st. 2012. We're uh, at the XM Studios in Toronto, and uh, here's the uh, the man in charge, Darren Frost. We're yes, back. We are back from the break. Uh, that was uh, Jarrett Kale, who was in uh, in the studio talking about video games and his show Pure Ownage. Um, and uh, I really hope that he gets to make the feature. I hope the Indiegogo. I mean, I know they they reached that uh, they reached the amount that they wanted to. It's a very interesting uh, way of doing things, and I think it is the future. Uh, I'm even going to consider doing it for my next DVD. I, I mean, thought about it. As far as if people weren't listening to the other segment, but it was internet funding yeah. and uh, being able to convince someone that your project's uh, worthy of uh, fundage. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have to get that many people to, to get into it. You know, there's I've seen some bands are like, wow, you have fans? And they, like, raise a fair amount of money. So, yeah. you know, I think it's it's possible for anyone to do it. And it was I'm, I'm just glad he came in. He's a good guy. It was an interesting thing to talk about outside of stand-up, you know? Do you think that uh, the fact that there are no more... Do you think it's a good thing that there are no more video game arcades to hang out in anymore? Did you hang out in arcades when you were a youngster growing up? I did, up? but you know what's very interesting? In certain countries, they're still huge. Like in Japan, like when video games were dead here and arcades were dead, I was in Japan for a two-week trip, and there was arcades everywhere. Yeah. It's still a very cultural thing. Like in those countries, arcades still exist. Families go and have a fun night out at the arcade, and it's, it's just a different environment. How come that? How come that never blew? I mean, well, I guess there was like places like Chuck E. Cheese and things like that. Yeah, that but you could go to, yeah. and they would have. <laughs> that's annoying, though. You couldn't buy hash there. No, but I remember. Well, uh, you could, but it was only from that guy when he took the suit off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The guy with the big yeah. fucking suits that they would wear and yeah. they had their hash at the the smell. Otherwise, like, it would fucking be all sweaty. And... Smelled like crotch too. Yeah. The uh, but back in the day when you would walk past the arcade at Young and College in Toronto, you'd uh, some guy in a jean jacket would walk past you and just go, hash, and yeah. then you'd follow him into the arcade. He would start playing a video game, and then you would stand beside him and you would pretend to watch him play the game. Right. And then uh, he would put the hash on the countertop where the buttons were for a one-player or two-player, and then you'd pass him the money, and then he would go, all right. You're gonna take over the video game, and I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> and then, so he would walk. He would get his money, Weird. walk, walk away, and then you would take over and play the rest of the video game with him. And so, uh, or you'd play the rest of the video game. Was it a good game? At least it was usually like Karate Champ. So it was like that full <laughs> point, half point. The same video game that uh, Jean Claude Van Damme plays in Bloodsport. Right. And uh, but that's something a part of our culture that's disappeared. You can't go into just a video game arcade experience. Well, what's what's interesting is a lot of these video game consoles started in Japan and you'd think that it would have killed because they had them first you'd think it would have killed the arcades off quicker but it didn't it's done the exact opposite it's just a cultural thing they they play more video games and more as a family and it's just a weird thing like I remember I remember malls being like the arcades were it they were the shit man they were packed and then all of a sudden Atari came out and people were like I'd rather spend $80 on this fucking two-bit game and they were horrible games now, I, I don't know if if Christina, you can relate to this at all. I'm not gonna lie, like I had Nintendo growing up, and I <laughs> and I remember how I had that power pad that was like cutting edge for sure, you know. Yeah. But you already like we we figured it out so fast because uh, we just learned that like it would be you got better scores as opposed to like running on the pad if you just like vibrated your heels really fast. Right. <laughs> so you're already cheating in life back was, then. Is that what uh, you're saying? Yeah. I was already learning the power yeah. of good vibration. What if I could roll some beers on top of this? Like, oh, they got to be empty? Oh, they got to be empty. <laughs> Did one... Duck Hunt seemed easy. Uh, there was some game called Duck Google. Hunt. I had Duck Hunt and I had some game called Booble Bobble. And I really like Booble Bobble. Oh, no, Booble Bobble. Yeah, that's a Do huge game. You remember Booble Bobble? That was like my favorite Nintendo game. That's a huge game. That's that was like, a huge arcade game. I loved Booble Bobble. Yeah, Bobble there was, Bobble. Yeah, it was cute. I, I remember being like, cute game. in the arcade once and I saw there was like a guy, there was like a kid playing the video game and then he had his very reluctant girlfriend standing beside him and she was sort of looking kind of sad and down at the ground. And uh, she was sort of hanging out while he was playing a video game. And I remember as a kid thinking to myself, that guy is so cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has his girlfriend that's putting up with his shit, his yeah. bullshit. And uh, man, I uh, uh, I don't know. I just well, I wish I, I never became that I guy. I mean, I remember still the end sequence to Dragon's Lair killing the dragon. 
like right. by wrote by you know by memory left left back sword right sword forward Whoa. sword sword left sword sword like that kind of thing if yeah. you put me in front of it i could probably in three attempts kill the dragon still <laughs> and so, and too bad that never got to be a thing. Something I can make money off of, or, or you'd put it put on your resume under yeah. special skills. Yeah, fuck. See, I, I can kill the dragon, motherfucker. Yeah. I played video games till I was like twelve. Then I got into the Young and the Restless, <laughs> <laughs> like any girl should. I know that's what happens. That's what happens. Now, Darren has a has a new story. Yes. Uh, something that never became a video game theme to it. No, it is the uh, was it. It's not even the stripper Olympics. It's no. The, the World Pole Dancing Championship was dominated by Russians and Ukrainians this year. Uh, I guess after America went to the polls, the rest of the world went to the polls for the World Pole Dancing Championships in Zurich, Switzerland. Dancers from 26 countries did what they could to raise the bar for the sport. Can I just say, if this is if, if pole dancing is going to be your one way out of the country, then fuck, you are going to start practicing at a young age. Fucking I just, right. I can see them training kids at like yeah. a very young Honey age. Honey boo-boo age. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't be... What? <laughs> nothing, nothing. You, I heard a number of Honey Boo Boo references uh, this weekend while, while we were in Kitchener during your set. I make one reference, that's it. Well, okay, Honey well, Boo-Boo. then I heard it four times over the right, weekend because you did four shows. But uh, I kept on asking you uh, about uh, Steve Hirsch from the guy from Vivid Video. Right. We've brought up on this show that he, he made a porno movie. Not a porno, but that masturbation movie with the Octomom. I'm pretty sure that he's he's got his sights set on Honey Boo Boo when she turns 18. Oh my God, I don't think I have enough chins to be anybody on Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> I've seen that well, show; it's a lot of chins. But here's something interesting about this pole dancing thing. I I, I didn't know this, but um, in the in the in the in the history of it, uh, more men actually did this than women, and it was a, a physical act of climbing tour around the pole has roots in Chinese circus. And only until the late 80s, then it moved into gentlemen's clubs and pole dancing. So before that, it wasn't synonymous with stripping. Before that, it was a legitimate sport. So imagine 1978, you are the male fucking pole dancing champion, and three years later, you're pretty much called queer by every man who walks around. <laughs> well, and what if you went to America to become That's what the I mean. Pole, yeah. Yeah. And then no, I'm the, I'm the pole champion. <laughs> I've done. I've gone you better f- pole fucking go to San before. Francisco if you're going to keep saying that. You've used, done pole dancing courses? Yeah, well, I I took um I used to work out at Flirty Girl Fitness here in Toronto, which is awesome, but they have a they have a pole dancing class there. And I'm not going to lie, it is a really hard. Like my oh, okay. abs hurt so sure. much the next day. It's a really good core exercise, yeah. but I did get tons of bruises on my legs cuz right. I don't want to That's <laughs> hot. I know I'm really not good at pole dancing, just right. so you know. And not that I'm better at any other kind of dancing, but uh yeah, I got a lot of bruises, but it was really fun. Now, did and, you have uh, to like when you go to work out and do the pole dancing exercises? Did they make you change outfits and put on something skimpier and high heels, or were you allowed to just go to town? Never wore high heels. Actually, didn't even wear shoes. Just wore like kind of workout clothes and kind of like yeah. things like that. But it was that wrecks super. Fantasy. It was really really fun. I've seen I've, I've seen some women like climb that pool all the way to the top. It's talent. It's, I respect it's, it's, it. It's unattractive when they scale down the pole and there's that sort of yeah. awkward squeaky flesh on on brass sound. <laughs> that is not as. But then when they slide all the way down, you know that there's some um, some sweaty crotch going on. Well, there's talent. There's I, like two ways to wrap yourself around the pool. Like you can like actually cradle the pool, so you have like one leg coming around one side of the pool and one leg coming around the other side of the pool. There's this other way where you take both legs. Legs and you wrap them around the same direction uh, on the outside of the pool. That's where I usually now. Get the I wonder. I wonder if when men and women both did it, were they separate categories because of apparatus? Right. If you've got right. a cock, that may give you an edge on the pole. Right. So they, they keep them separate. How I would wonder. that give you an edge? Oh, just something extra to rub against to keep you. You know. I think a cock and balls would get in the way. Maybe. Oh, wait. I don't know. I the worst is a... like okay. So once we did these pole dancing classes, one of my friends like we actually went to Jilly's one night. Because uh, oh. Chili's is a strip club in right. Toronto. That's, that's your your, your, your graduation right? of the pole dancing classes at Chili's. Well, yes. you know, it, it was, we were kind of freelancing. Obviously, we weren't with our instructor <laughs> yeah. at the time. We were obviously like bar crawling on Queen East. And then my friend, it was like one fifty in the morning. The strip club was about to like close down, and because she felt like her skills were getting so good. <laughs> 
She's like, oh my God, I really want to go on stage. I really want to try pole dancing. And we're like, well, okay. So she like got on stage at Jelly's. She didn't take off her clothes or anything, but she was They like, let her get on? Yeah, they let her get on. And wow. Was that okay with the other strippers? They weren't sort of like, hey, that's our stage up there. That's they a whole shooting st- up in the corner. It was Jilly's. <laughs> 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 I had, there was a, there was like a one girl at Jilly's once for a while. And uh, I, maybe I might've lived in the area at the time. So I frequented oh, right, much right. too often. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and she gave me like the classic used car salesman pitch of just like, you know what? Usually I'm a thousand dollars a night, but for you, we could go to a hotel and you could get some coke and some wine, and we'll smoke some joints, and I'll give you the craziest sex you ever wanted for six hundred dollars. And I was, and and she was throughout because I like you. I was like, oh wow, she likes me. And oh, I was just, yeah. Has this worked on anyone before? And I just thought, man, I think even. I think even after the craziest sex, I would still be like, man, I'm just out 600 bucks. Yeah. I was going to be like, if Dave Martin has $600. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Fuck the cop. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah we yeah, we got to stop. <laughs> are you are we going to go party afterwards? Is that what yeah. you're saying? I know. I know. Where are we going after this? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dave Martin has hundreds of dollars? Yeah, in the bank. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, here's another funny story. Uh, a guy stole a Chinese food delivery car and kept making deliveries. I respect that. I yeah. awesome. So police in Connecticut said a man stole a car used in... Uh, Chinese food deliveries and continue dropping off orders so he could keep the customer's money. <laughs> well, that's not. Uh, I give him fucking incentive. That's uh. But you hear stories about people stealing taxi cabs and and then then like getting people. Uh, I've never uh, heard that. Is that that happened? Uh, it was, was a guy I went to high school with who. Well, he got arrested uh, for stealing a cab. Right. And then he was driving around. And then, you know, someone would wave him down and then he would pick him up. And be, <laughs> he's like, well, I'm not. And, you know, he didn't know where the turn the light off sign is that I'm right. not on duty anymore. Right. So he just started picking up rides and driving around Toronto. And right. then eventually, I think the, the people on dispatch uh, were like, how come this guy's not answering his phone? Or maybe uh, the actual driver, you know, called and reported it stolen. So eventually he got pulled over. But that's uh, why would you continue on and keep delivering? Uh, you, you know, I make cash? 50 bucks, you know, you could probably deliver, make three deliveries and make 60 bucks each delivery. That's, you know, a quick money. I guess so. Yeah. And you it's know? not like you have to give that money back to anyone if you well, stole the, the truck. that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to figure <laughs> out. Scoop up an extra 90 you gotta bucks. A, you got to figure out the address. You got to figure out how to get there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's ambition. That is. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that guy should go to jail or if he should get a job there. Now well, I'm craving Chinese food. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to give the guy a job knowing that he could just drive off at any time. He's not starting off with a great record to begin with. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Aren't you the guy that stole our truck? Yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> put, a, put a schmock on. You should work here. Well, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't trust that dude. Uh, another story I found very funny, and this is uh, this is for you, uh, Christina, So, because I know how much you love your phone. But a teenage California girl searching for a cell phone signal to call her mother in a rural area outside San Diego inadvertently stepped into a nest of rattlesnakes and was bitten six times. Ooh, yikes. But survived. Yeah. Put the fucking phone down. Something to tweet about, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> At that moment. Ow. Ow, ow, ow. 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 Yeah. That was her last Six tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag I'm dying. Hashtag. <laughs> rattlesnakes blow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would that doesn't make that makes sense to me, but probably did you think she Instagrammed her like snake bite wounds? Yes. Know, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. One day I'm gonna get fucking smacked by a car. I'm the worst. I'm walking down the street, like boom, well, boom, boom, texting. Tweeting, this just texting and and Facebooking brings me to something we don't have a lot of time to talk about, but I um I have this issue with these public displays of happiness. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? I think I do. Um, this idea of people posting things on either Facebook or um. I have a friend that's been doing it for like a you know for six months. Every day he posts what he's happy about in his life on yeah. his Facebook, right? Or anyone that uses these tools to post this kind of thing. And my idea is like I don't know. I think it's a bit much. And why not just write it in a fucking journal? Why does everything like that? I mean that sounds hypocritical because I go on stage and say very personal things about myself. But uh, I just think when it's twenty four seven, it's a bit much. I definitely don't post personal things on Facebook. Maybe like I'll I'll tell people if I have a show. Uh, but then I just like to write silly things right. or disgusting things. No, but do you honest, ever read things and you and you go like, really? what about the people Come that on. are always like fucking calling out God, like God's like God's on Facebook and like yeah, like they're like, oh thank God, I love God so it's much. It's weird though. <laughs> but why are they doing it? Thanks. 
Well, but, but but we just we we live in a time where if if something is not public, it doesn't really happen to you, or it doesn't has never existed. You know, it's like uh, it's just it's, it goes back to that thing of uh, you know if you're not on TV, you're 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 nobody. You know, it's like that. Right. That's that. Um, who's I can't for it's the like the Nicole Kidman movie to die for, mm-hmm. or the natural born killers effect of just like you know once you're on TV, and it's that whole level of celebrity that people want of. Uh, I mean, I understand that, but this is like something a little bit different about the. I understand how it gets to that level, but this is just small thing. Like even the smallest thing about happiness, maybe I shouldn't care, but sometimes I just want to call them and just fucking punch them in the face. It's like so you don't have something happy to write about. Well, it's like that thing too of just like hey, uh, or when people post, uh, "I'm wishing my wife a happy anniversary." Why yeah. do you? Why don't you just wish that to your? Why don't you roll over in the morning and just wish? But you want everyone to know how happy your relationship yes, is, yes. and that to me screams out that you two just had a fight, and uh, and maybe. you're trying to, and you're trying to cover up uh, or maybe or maybe to the woman she's more flattered that you made it public that you like her because i could see See, i don't mind secure enough to like to actually really appreciating the uh, like a grand gesture do you know what i mean yeah no i mean i I I think you're dreaming to find that man christina that's what i think no way i fucking love being single fuck you all (laughs) (laughs) i don't have a problem with that i mean me and dave talked about that before but the person puts hey happy anniversary when it's just once or you know once every couple whatever but when it's a constant barrage of things it's like you know what put the fucking phone down put your whatever way you're getting to people down and just write in a fucking journal or i don't know these public displays of happiness are just weird for but me but that's not even public so much it's more of an online uh, sort of display it's a, it's still a public but display. that sounds like a, some therapeutic thing but then but i bet that same person uh, would be afraid to walk the streets and like hold uh, like a, a wave of flag that just has a happy face on it that's right. like a, a real genuine display or just scream out in public i'm a happy person today Right. I feel They'd like, be afraid to do that, and that would be just as annoying. But. I feel like I'm almost opposite because I feel like anybody who knows me in real life is always like, "Oh, she's the happiest person ever." But I think if you watch me on social media, on like Twitter, no, you don't come Facebook, across as. That. I probably come across as gross. <laughs> you don't come across as gross, but you don't come across as like this. I'm happy, and this is why I'm happy. Oh, this is, but this in is real life, everybody's always like, "Why do you like? Yeah, yeah. like why do you smile so, smile so much?" And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I just am a naturally happy person. I am." But I feel yeah. like online, I probably come across. Uh, perverted or something. <laughs> maybe. Oh, no. I don't know about that. But... Too much information, girl. Online, yeah, too, I think. maybe. Well, what about, what about people girl. that genuine, like, what about when you see, like, a young couple making out in the middle of the uh, aisles at a Well, that's exactly, store? yes. Like, like I'm sober in the grocery store. <laughs> like, I didn't notice that. I mean, public displays of almost anything are weird for me. Do affection. It's like the guy, whole thing, if you see two guys kissing, I don't want to see a man and woman kissing. Regardless of it's two men, I'm happy that they have their love and all that. I don't want to see a, a couple kissing in public. But you, it's. Do you have a bigger issue when it's two dudes? No, I have no no greater what about issue. Two girls. Same yeah. thing. It's, I, I don't want to see it. <laughs> well, Dave does. I, <laughs> yeah, I know Dave I does. I don't, but... I don't care either way. I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I think I think I would probably be more interested in seeing the two guys because it's like, wow, you guys have balls <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's more of a, a situation where I don't see that often, so I'd probably be like, what the fuck? Well, it doesn't bother me at all. It does, I don't care. If people want to make out, out, I don't care. Do it. You really? can look away. You don't have right. to stare at it. I'm going to get two winos to fucking make out right in front of your house. It's fine. I'll be like, your apartment oh, and just good whip, for you guys. With pennies at your window. Good. Look at this. <laughs> at the beginning of a relationship, I'm big on that. I'll make out in public. I don't really give a crap. Just if you're really into the person, go for it. All right. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're getting really over the top or yeah. something like that, then I'm being like, yeah. okay. If it's finger fucking, that's too far. I think that that I think that crosses the line. No, into, now you're I'm really saying no watch. finger, no finger blasting in public is what you're saying. Well, yeah. I think you can make out for a while, but then when it turns into fingering, then you can keep <laughs> going for a while. But I don't think it just turns into fingering, sure <laughs> like a magic wand, and huh. fingers in there. Well, I like the way it doesn't matter how old you get, fingering yeah. is still kind of fun, and it's still the line. It's still, it's still never gets old. Finger blast. Because well, you, okay. you don't have the, there's no Viagra for your hands. Because then you know you true. Never have to worry about. Oh, I can't get my finger straight anymore. That's right. Mm. Oh, there That's why still, finger banging is very important. It doesn't matter still, what happens to your cock. If yeah. your finger exactly. still works, exactly. You're always capable of tickling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A girl with Fuck your finger. Fuck the Viagra, which is going to be a lot cheaper now that Pfizer lost the uh, whole right, thing. That's right. The patent yeah. thing. Yep. 
So, and no excuses on that note, anymore, guys. No on excuses. That note, yeah. That's right. You got something that'll make my finger straight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> go in the back room. It's Chinatown. We got everything here. Let's but, talk about yeah. fingering. I have to go pee now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that is the show. We want to thank our uh, our guest tonight, uh, Jared Kale, for coming in from Pure Ownage. And uh, also uh, to Victoria, Yay, our producer, Victoria! making this sound great. Our Russian producer, who uh, I, I don't know what her skills are on the pole, but she should be proud of her country. Yes. Proud of her Russian teammates at the World Pole. Dancing champion. Hey, you're taking yeah. taking our jobs. Taking our jobs. Uh. God damn it. That's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, also want to uh, thank uh, Primitive Evolution uh, for letting us use their music. Please go check them out on Facebook and on their website at primitiveevolution.com. And uh, that's it. So uh, until next week. Uh, we'll come uh, and check out the next uh, East End Comedy Review, and I'll annoy you with my invites. <laughs> and where can people find you, Christina? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Walkin' Sauce, and I'm on Instagram at Walkin' Sauce, and I'll be in London, Ontario at Yuck Yucks Thursday, Friday, Saturday this weekend. And I will be there the next weekend for the first time in five years. I will be in London, Ontario, uh, which shall be interesting, to say the least. Oh, and, yeah. So uh, if you're interested, ComedyHorror.com, and that's also my Twitter feed, Comedy Whore. And I will be absolutely nowhere and loving it. You will be loving it. Yeah. You put a knife to my throat. He loved it so much. Exactly. All right. That is it. Good night. <laughs> Bye-bye. I smile and wave. I smile and wave. I smile and wave. Anything goes with these cats. Am I fucking this up? <laughs> Hi, you're listening to... Oh, crap, I forgot myself. Um, <laughs> Hi, this is Christina Walkinshaw, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Kathleen and Dave on XM Laugh Attack. Yeah, call me. Sometimes joy is a four-letter word. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we are back. This is Anything Goes for the week of October 31st. Uh, we had two guests in this week. We had Vesta Suicide and Levi McDougal. We want to thank them. And uh, also, uh, Ann Coulter got in trouble this week uh, when she uh, called the president a retard. And she's defending herself by saying, screw them to the critics of her tweet on Thursday. So I guess she said, uh, well, Dave, you know more about the story than I do. What's uh, what Well, she said to? that she was glad that Mitt Romney was so kind to that retard, referring right. to uh, Barack. Uh, yeah, yeah. Labeling Barack Obama as a retard. But then she goes on Pierce Morgan and tries to defend herself by saying that, oh, the word re, oh, she uses things. And like, I hate this right wing attitude of like, oh, everyone's trying to shut you up. But no, no, not everyone's trying to shut you up. But she was trying to just come across as like, oh, no, retard's just another word for loser. And well, and here's, here's a direct quote. She said, look, no one would refer to a Down syndrome child, someone with an actual mental handicap, by saying retard. Where do you think the words imbecile, idiot, moron, cretin come from? These are all technical terms at one time. Retard had been used colloquially to mean just loser for 30 years. No, I don't I don't know where she gets that from. Well, I mean, I don't know where I sit on this. I've used the word retard before on stage. Yeah, but when you use that term, you were referring to someone with the qualities of a mentally retarded person, correct? No, I was acting, they were being an idiot and a fool, and so I called them a retard. Well, why wouldn't you just call them a fool or an idiot? But when, when the word retard is directly related Have to Have you some, never used that term? Oh, I've used it all the time. Right. And when I use it, I'm referring, I, I'm giving, I'm to en- someone with endowing, Down no, not Down syndrome, but I'm, I'm uh, endowing someone with the qualities of a mentally challenged person. Yeah. And everyone does when they use the word retard. I don't know anyone that has ever used the word retard and have thought, oh, well, I could have put, just put stupid or loser or imbecile in that place. Then if you want to use stupid or imbecile and loser, then use those words. But when you use retard, it is a direct ref- uh, you know, association with someone who is mentally handicapped. I, d- I don't think that everyone walks around and thinks the word retard is associated with someone with Down syndrome. Yes. Well, not necessarily Down syndrome, but with someone, someone who is mentally challenged. Not mentally challenged. Yes, I don't think they, they do. do. I don't think they do. Eh, I think I that the term has been used for so many different things over so many years now that it doesn't have that one stigma attached to it. Mm, well, I mean, the word retard is 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 in reference to a sl- the slowing down of something, and it's their uh, mental capacity is slowing down. That's what I... the word retard is. If, if there's a slow part to a Song. It's called. Right, well, a song obviously, has a we're on different it. sides of this argument. Go ahead, Walkinshaw. What do you think? I don't want to 
not have this argument because I don't even want to have to use that word. I do think it's mean, and I do well, not mean, but so I do you've think never it is. Used it on stage? Um, hopefully not on stage, but I'm, I'm sure in yeah, in a colloquial conversation, I would be like, I might say, oh yeah, but that's being retarded. retarded. Yeah, that's or, like, retarded. Yeah, people do excellent, but I, you know what? I feel like in the last couple of years, I actually do feel dirty when I use that word now, and right. I try not. I actually make a conscious effort to not use that word right. anymore. But when someone but says, I, I also have made a conscious effort not to try to use that word as much as I maybe have in the past, or try not to say it on stage. Yeah. But I don't think when I said it that I was using it in the way that Dave is presenting. Well, I think that you were. It was oh, like, well, okay, retarded. That's a difference of opinion. Oh, well, what, what did fucked hard mean? And tarred is a short of retard, and that's you're referring <laughs> yeah, to someone as tard. a... Yeah, fucked hard. Yikes. Yeah, but that's... A that, fucking idiot is a fucked hard. Uh, it's not, I, I, it's not someone with Down syndrome or someone that's mentally slow. They're being I, an idiot. I call I th- them a I retard. I think every time that you use retard, it is, uh, or at, at least uh, if to someone who is mentally challenged, when they hear use someone use that word, I think in, in their opinion, it is a, a, a direct insult towards them and yes, people that they have. And that is the reason why I, I will not use the term right. but or try not to use the term. But that doesn't mean that I try, I use that term for that reason. I'm just saying, you know what, and you can use that term and you can and accept the responsibilities uh, right. that how people are going to perceive you after you use that term. <sighs> mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think when Ann Coulter talks about like, uh, oh, the word police and shit like that. I mean, you know, she's like, hey, that's just a word for loser. No, it's not. It's, a, it's a, you say retard or you call someone a retard because they you are implying that they're mentally. Retarded. You know when it was a fun word is on that sketch on SNL. Remember when they were like, you're retarded? No, you are. No, you are. That kind of retarded was fun. Retarded. It's like Boston. I don't know. Oh, that makes it funnier when it's an accent? Of um, course it does. Yeah, with the Boston accent, it's yeah, funny. It makes it's it funnier. It's like Hurricane Sandy. Bostonians, yeah. you're allowed to get away so with we, using we, that we, word. We don't have a lot of time. We, me and Dave got a huge argument this week. Now, I'm going to present a scenario to you, okay. and you're going to say yes or no. Okay. And tell me your opinion. Okay. okay. Make it snappy. Uh, I'm really bloated. Yeah, it's, um, so if someone posts something on YouTube, yeah. then they have to be ready to justify the reactions that people have to it and also own the consequences of posting that. Yeah. A hundred percent? Yeah, I think so. So, for example, I used to do some uh, some financial lectures, uh, and because <laughs> of my comedy, my stand-up comedy, the people who paid me to do that fired me because of my stand-up. So you say that's right, because I posted that on YouTube, so therefore I have to take responsibility for it. They fired you yes. over... Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. But you just... I mean, so then it's right. Well, I don't no, know. No, 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 you just... Right? I mean, I guess so, yeah. Because yeah, okay. you posted it on YouTube, right. and... You just you put yourself out there, and that's yep. well. During, okay, during this it sucks argument, that people are going to take it that seriously. No, 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 that that's, gonna... that's that's all. Well, uh, Darren I tries got to make this tricked into this. No, question. I didn't get tricked, in, but tricked Darren, into it. Darren, you try to make this into like a black and white issue, and then you say later on that oh, it's well, it's a slippery slope. Which you know, slippery <laughs> slope. It is make, a slippery slope. Yeah, yes. but but then but if it's a slippery slope, then there's a uh, room for interpretation on on how you can take each uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. But then you can't say oh, it's it's one way or the other way. Then, but then you can't recall refer to it as a slippery slope if it's one way or the other way. How long ago did that happen to you? Years ago. Oh no, like but we were talking about ago. a certain person who had a job with it's the okay, government. Okay, you meant you weren't meant to have that other job. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. I'm a fatalist, and you weren't yeah. meant to have that. It's job. It's all part right. of God's big plan. Right. <laughs> but, but the person had a job with the government, and I'm and and they put that clip on YouTube because they wanted it to be seen. Right. And I'm just saying that if, uh, especially if you have a job with the, no, the no, government, no. Here's how what happened. If you have a we job with the government, then you got to constantly else. you got to constantly worry about covering your ass. We were talking about someone else. Right. I presented a scenario, and Dave said, well, he has to own the fact and be responsible for putting that on YouTube. Sure. So therefore, I said, okay, fine. Then I applied my scenario, which is the exact same scenario as that guy's, but now it's me. So then all of a sudden, we got into this argument because then he's like, well, that's a little bit different. No, it's not different. If you think that way for that guy, then you think that way for me, and that's fine. You can have that opinion. I disagree with it. I don't think that if something happens somewhere else, it's completely different. If it's got nothing and no bearing on it, and there's been no reaction like we talked about last week about the person that they tried to do something before something happened, then they're trying to be proactive about it. I think that's the step too far. 
Well, one, I, I just I think from a government job, if you want to hold on to it, then you shouldn't uh, throw yourself out there in a situation that might get you fired. Well, we're out of time or we're going to get fired. So we got to do our wrap up now. So on November 8th at the Comedy Bar, we're going to be doing a live taping of Anything Goes with Eddie Pepitone is going to be our guest. And hopefully another surprise guest if we can wrangle someone famous. We can wrangle people. We can wrangle Let's people. wrangle some people. We got to get a Kesha on the line. That's oh my God, we, we can do. get Kesha on the show. Kesha I pee myself phone. with That's excitement. <laughs> oh, did you guys hear? Don't bring people down. Oh my God, guess what else fucking changed my life? Maroon 5 is coming Maroon to Toronto. Five, yeah, so well, excited. We'll get them on the show. Anything, yes. anything to do with sex show, we're going to go there this weekend. Oh yeah, my God, weekend, well, we'll yeah. go to that. Oh, that'll be fun. I'll seriously go and this weekend. That. I need a new vibrator. And this weekend I'm in Ajax, Ontario with uh, Kenny Robinson, part of our Dirty Tour that we're starting, uh, Rank and Vile. So Thursday to Saturday, uh, we are in Ajax, Ontario at Yuck Yucks. So, uh, and me, I'm there with you too. And you're with us as well. Darren tried to if I don't fire out. you first. Okay. And uh, that's it. So if you want to follow me, Comedy Whore is my Twitter handle. I'm at Walkin' Sauce. And I'm at uh, Dave Martin World, both.com and on Twitter. That's it, folks. Thanks to Victoria for making us sound good. And that is the show for this week. Will we be back next week? Yeah. Who knows? Fun and I'm cards. on Instagram. Aw. Come down to the Comedy Bar. Check us out live. That video that you did was retarded, though. <laughs>